Welcome to Liquid Church Media. The message you're about to enjoy was originally delivered live at Liquid Church by Pastor Tim Lucas. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins. I want to welcome you to Liquid Church. I want to give a special welcome to those of you watching on the big screen in New Brunswick or Nutley. Can we hear it for our brothers and sisters here across the state in New Jersey, watching online, thrilled that you are here. Uh, I'm Pastor Tim. You're here for the kickoff of our new series, Revive. If it's your first time, I really hope uh, that God's going to revive your soul, that he's going to speak directly to you through this series, really give you fresh vision for your life, your family this spring. Um, What is Revive about? You know, on your program, you've got this uh, orange with a pink straw kind of sticking out. You know, what's this all about? It's like Revive, an energy drink now we're peddling. Uh, Our theme, Revive, is actually taken from the Psalms in the Old Testament. Whenever God's people felt tired, kind of spiritually lethargic, dull, their relationship with God had kind of flatlined or maybe just kind of run out of passion. Here's what they prayed. I want to read this together. It's from Psalm 80. It says this. Revive us and we will call on your name. Let's say it together. Restore us, O Lord God Almighty, that we may be saved. Revive literally means to resuscitate, to to breathe life back into something. So wake up someone from their slumber, really, and fill them with new vitality. It's where revival comes from. You've heard the word revival. Revival is basically when God gives his bride mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. He breathes new life into his church. He fills her with his spirit, brings her back to her radiance and beauty. Biblical revival is a beautiful thing throughout scriptures. Whenever God's people kind of drifted spiritually or needed a fresh dose of his spirit, they cried out for revival. Listen to, uh, to David's prayer in Psalm 85. He says this, Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in you. Revival is needed whenever God's people are spiritually asleep. Let me just ask you, candid question to start. What is the current temperature of your spiritual life right now? I mean, is it possible that maybe maybe your spiritual life, you'll be like, well, it kind of has lost its edge. My my prayers don't have a pulse anymore. (laughs) It feels like they bounce off the ceiling. My worship is kind of tepid. I used to kind of be really, wow, God's presence, but now I just kind of go through the motions. Yeah, I like that song, not that one. Uh, you used to love worship, but you just find yourself kind of going through it. You try to pray at night, Lord, I just, and you just go off to sleep, not off. You need revival. We all do. Every single follower of Jesus Christ goes through a season in their life when you lose your spiritual edge. But the exciting news is it's never too late to get it back. That's what this series is about. Because God welcomes our prayer for personal revival, to be revived. Will you not revive us again so that what? We can rejoice in you. Get my joy back. God, would you fill us in a fresh way with your spirit? Blow your breath on us and fill us with your life. 
Everybody got a program, and that means everybody got a straw. Pull your straw out, would you? If you got a straw, hold it up in the air, wave it all around. Go ahead, wave your straw around. It's like you're stirring the drink here, okay? Now, in fact, go ahead, put the straw in your mouth. You can blow out. You can suck in. Go ahead. I'm looking at a bunch of suckers. Go ahead, just go do it. Okay, here's what I want you to do. I'm going to give you permission, okay? All our campuses, I want you to take your straw, and you're going to blow on the person in front of you and say, wake up, time for revival. Ready? One, two, three. Wake up, it's time for revival, okay? Blow on. Everyone, that, that's what it is. It's the breath of God coming in a new way in this church. And, and I don't know what that word revival makes you think of. Um, when I hear that word revival, I think of like a big tent, you know, marathon prayer meeting, a traveling evangelist who, you know, smells like beef and cheese. And just like, if you, you know, it's kind of like a big tent revival. If you're charismatic, revival is when like, you know, miracles, signs, and wonders break out. It's when the Holy Spirit comes and there are, you know, healings and prophecy and that sort of thing. If you're more conservative, evangelicals typically think of revival more like an event. Like we're having a revival. We're having a citywide crusade on Thursday night from 7 to 10 p.m. Now, the Holy Spirit's going to be there around 8.15, so don't be late. That's just how, you know, that's how evangelicals think of it. Uh, and the truth is biblical revival is something entirely different than both of those. True biblical revival is spiritual awakening, meaning the church kind of wakes up from its spiritual slumber or apathy, where there's stagnation or people going through the motions. There's this fresh quickening of the Holy Spirit that happens when they press in, not to religion, not to church, but to God, and recalibrate their heart. There's there's confession of sin. There's an awareness of, of their need for God, a renewed sense of his presence. And really a restoration of the church's vitality and vision. And, and the normal operation of the Holy Spirit are really intensified. Suddenly praise becomes very passionate. People's witness becomes bold because all of a sudden God's speaking to you and, and confirming his love and his grace and his forgiveness in you. And it like comes out of you and you spill it out to others. The worship isn't just kind of, te- it becomes white hot. Because this real sense of God's reality, his presence becomes palpable. And people, candidly, they get a little overwhelmed by God's love and his, his power. I mean, who wouldn't want that, to be revived spiritually? In Ephesians, Paul says, wake up, O sleeper. Rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Well, what we're going to do over the next few weeks leading up to Easter is come together as a church and pray for revival as the psalmist did. First, for personal revival. Some of you are facing a situation in your life or your family where you know what? You need God's presence. You need a fresh sense of God leading you specifically in a new way. And then we're going to pray for corporate revival, really seeking God's face as a church through fasting and prayer. That's what the front of your program says today. You notice it says fasting and prayer guide. We are inviting each of you to join our entire church for a three-day liquid fast this spring. Why is that? Because fasting and prayer really are two key ingredients of revival. Whenever a fast is recorded in scripture, it is followed by an outpouring of God's breakthrough power. And last year at this time, this spring, we held our first ever church-wise fast. We did a 21-day Daniel fast. Quick show of hands. How many of you participated in that? You were in the Daniel fast last year? Great. See your hands? Awesome. It was a powerful experience. Uh, All told, we had over 1,000 people fasting for three weeks. They were eating nothing but fruits and vegetables, nuts, and hummus. (laughs) It was the first time uh, for a lot of us actually trying fasting, and the results are really remarkable. We had record uh, attendance on Palm Sunday at our one service. 
over 60 people trusted in Christ as their Lord and Savior. And there are literally dozens of stories of really a personal breakthrough of, of, of people whose finances were turned around, relationships restored, their marriage had flatlined, but it was literally miraculously revived. We had children born out of that fast, as you'll hear later. It really was a critical... Why is that funny? I don't know. <laughs> That's, I'll find out later, I guess. It, it literally... Oh, I see what you mean. Oh! You awful people. You wicked, depraved people. That's amazing. Uh, I think, I think that fast was a, a hinge point in the life of our church. I really do. In fact, as a church, I think we're just seeing the fruits of that today, over a year later. Um, last Sunday, in fact, we had over 2,250 people worship at all our locations, and it's in the middle of March. That's like nowhere on the calendar. Just kind of filled to capacity, and we're actually making, you know, trying to make more room for kids and families. And last week, we actually had the privilege of meeting with the architect who's designing our new auditorium space in Morristown Headquarters Plaza. And I, we're meeting with him, and it's really humbling because I really believe that's a result of the heart of this church going after God, not after building things like that. The Hyatt Hotel approached us. They're building us a $4 million auditorium for us to use, and the owners have given us brand-new office space. Some of you have been to it. It is very, very humbling. It's just incredible favor from God. And you know what? I think one of the reasons is that because this church is willing to humble itself and actually seek hard after God. That's what fasting is. It's saying, God, we don't actually have a lot to offer, but we're depending on you to pour your spirit into us in a fresh way. We want to see Jesus get the glory. It's about giving up. That's what fasting is. Giving up something physical, for instance, solid food, for the sake of something spiritual, more of God's spirit. If you're taking notes, that's the definition of fasting. It's giving up something physical for the sake of something spiritual. We intentionally say no to certain appetites in order to create this deeper hunger for the things of God. So fasting, in other words, is saying, you know, I'm so hungry for more of God in, in my life, more of his favor, more of his direction, more of his words to me, his breakthrough power, that I'm actually more hungry for him than I am for a hamburger, okay? That's what fasting is. I mean, have you ever experienced that kind of hunger for God? H- have you ever actually said, you know, is there more to the Christian life than what I'm experiencing? Because <laughs> some t- at some point, you've got to be honest, every following a journey feels that way. You're like, you know, I hear about God's power and people living lives. Is there, is there more? Because it doesn't seem that way for me. It's kind of flat. Do you have an appetite to know God deeper, more intimately? Jesus said, blessed, that means favored, are those who what? Who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be what? Filled. Filled with, with what? I mean, what's Jesus talking about here? Is he talking about physical hunger and thirst? what we eat, what we drink? Or is he talking about something spiritual? Or is it possible there's a connection between the two, the physical and the spiritual? See, fasting, giving up certain foods for a season in order to draw closer to God is one of the keys to revival. It is behind every spiritual awakening recorded in scripture. And I really believe that fasting will bring some of you into a deeper, more intimate relationship than ever before this spring with the Lord. This, this straw is a spiritual wake-up call, okay? Jenison Franklin, who wrote the New York Times best-selling book, Fasting, said this. He said, um, fasting has always been a normal part of a relationship with God. When you eliminate food from your diet for a number of days, your spirit becomes uncluttered by the things of this world and amazingly sensitive to the things of God. Now, some of you may be like, ah, like, oh, what's he talking about, man? I'm not giving up my Girl Scout cookies, man. 
what is this, Lent? You can have my tithe. You don't take my tagalongs. That is like holy ground, you know. If you're resistant to the idea of fasting, I am not surprised because there's a lot of confusion out there. So I just want to clarify for a second before we dive in here what fasting is not, okay? Fasting is not dieting. This is not about losing weight or fitting your skinny jeans this spring, okay? We're, we're, we're not doing this as a congregation to like get in shape. Though fasting will have a profound impact on your health, no doubt, but fasting isn't dieting. It's also not just for the super spiritual. That's what a lot of people think. Some of you raised your hand like, I did the fast last year, and others are watching those people, and they're going like, I could never do what she does. I guess she's just like a holy roller or whatever. Praying and fasting, isn't that something like monks do in a cave somewhere? <laughs> I remember growing up uh, in church, the people who ever fasted in the church where I was, they were either old or cranky. <laughs> fasting did not make them more like Jesus. More cranky, yes. More Christ-like, no. Okay. That's a misconception. Fasting is not something that spiritual superstars do. In fact, it's just the opposite. Fasting is for the weak. Fasting is for the frail. Fasting is for people who are hanging on by a thread. When they feel like they're far from God, but they say, you know what? I, I need to be renewed in a fresh way. I just want to ask you, is it possible that some of you are potentially missing out on God's greatest breakthrough in your life because you fail to fast? If you feel... Like your Christian life has been kind of status quo, has lost that cutting edge vitality that once, you know, caused you just to kind of bubble over and cry out and beg for the power of God to be released. How do you think you get that back? One of the secrets, Jesus says, is fasting. You empty your stomach so God can fill your spirit, revive you. Now, let me show you how this works. There are several types of fasts in the Bible. And if you're taking notes, the first is called an absolute fast, okay? This is where you stop eating and drinking completely. That's not what I'm talking about. Our model for this is Jesus himself. You guys know this. When he began his ministry, scripture said he was led into the desert by the Holy Spirit, actually, to be tempted by the devil. And after fasting 40 days and 40 nights, say it together, he was what? Hungry. I think this verse qualifies as the most obvious verse in the Bible, okay? I think God's like, my people are slow sometimes. I just got to spell it out. I mean, can you imagine not eating or drinking for 40 days, you know? And then the devil comes in to tempt him, and he, and he says, tell these stones to become bagels, yeah. How did Jesus rebuke Satan? Jesus answered, no, no, man doesn't live on bread alone, but on what? On every word that comes out of the mouth of God. In other words, it's not about what I put into my mouth, but what comes out of God's mouth. Don't miss the spiritual significance of this. Jesus said, even more important than you feeding your physical body is feeding your spiritual soul. Some of you need a fresh injection of soul food this spring, okay? That's what the Bible is. You have your Bible. Would you take that out? Put that in your hands. We're going to open this up in just a minute. This is soul food. And what we're inviting you to do is to fast from physical food so you can feast on soul food for a season. Regain your appetite for the things of God, not just the cravings of this world. See, Jesus fasted as an example for you and me. God was literally strengthening him for the sacrifice that he was going to make on the cross in our place. And he did that by weakening him. Jesus was hungry and he was weak. And that's how God empowered him for ministry. He comes out of there, he just starts kicking tail. He's casting out demons, healing the sick, raising the dead. Fasting weakens our flesh, and at the same time is strengthening our spirit. So the idea is we simply deny physical food for a season, not because it's bad, 
but so that you can feast on soul food for a season. It's really one of the ways that I think God prepares our soul for battle, just like he did with Jesus. I mean, how many of you are facing a battle? Maybe you are facing a battle at work. (laughs) Maybe it's a hostile situation at home or at school, and you've got enemies coming at you from all sides. Fasting is one of the weapons that God gives his children to fight in his strength, not our own. Now, obviously, an absolute fast is pretty extreme. It requires God's supernatural sustenance. But the Bible also describes a partial fast. And that's what we did last spring. That's what the Daniel fast was, the prophet Daniel. We learned he was in Babylon under King Nebuchadnezzar. And that king's attempt to assimilate the Hebrew men was by feeding them choice meats, sweets, and wine from the king's table. He gave them all the comfort food of the king. But Daniel said, you know what? I don't actually serve a foreign king. I serve the God of Israel. And I don't want the king's comfort food. And he said this. So, king, please test your servants. Give us nothing but vegetables to eat and what? Water to drink. So a Daniel fast consists of only vegetables, fruit, and water. That means no bread, pasta, meat, sweets, chicken, alcohol, soda, nothing. And Daniel did this fast twice. He did it for 10 days at first, and they did it for 21 days, trusting the Lord to sustain him. And at the end of that three-week fast, you guys remember this? God just broke through in this powerful, with this vision to Daniel. That was a vision that changed the course of the entire nation of Israel itself. All because a young man said, I'm going to honor the true king with my diet for for a season. So fasting is a key to, to releasing God's breakthrough, his vision in your life, a key that kind of unlocks revival, that kind of ripples out and impacts families, communities, and our nation even. Again, we saw the impact of that last spring on a lot of individuals and families here at liquid now a final type of fast is really a liquid fast and this is not named after our church okay (laughs) a liquid fast is just what it sounds like you eliminate solid food and drink only liquids all natural fluids like water uh, or fruit juice or vegetable juice bait bait hold it up basically anything you can fit through a straw that's what a liquid fast is hold up your straw because you're about to become a sucker real soon all right hold it up Now, if you look in your program, you'll see we're inviting you to join us in a three-day liquid fast in the weeks leading up to Easter. As one church, we will be fasting on three consecutive Wednesdays leading up to Easter. Wednesday, March 21st, the 28th, and then April 4th, okay? Easter is on April 8th this year. And we thought, what better way to kind of prepare our hearts to celebrate the resurrection of Jesus than with a fast? Because what is resurrection? Resurrection is literally revival. In other words, Jesus conquers sin and death, and then he raised to life, and now he offers you a revived, raised life. So this is a resurrection fast, a season for revival. And that's why we're going to do a liquid fast together each Wednesday leading up to Easter. That's three days total. And this is going to be a stretch for some of you who have never fasted, you know, solid food. But you can see we made a menu for you. You see it? Detailing what you could enjoy and what to avoid. Again, Pretty much anything you can fit through a straw you can enjoy. Water, fruit juices, vegetable juices, clear broth, natural smoothies. Now, I just want to acknowledge right here because I know how some of you are thinking. You're like, like, anything that fits through a straw? Oh, yeah. (laughs) My caramel macchiato can fit through this straw. (laughs) I can put this straw into a Budweiser. Technically, you could puree a bag of Doritos and suck it down with a Red Bull <laughs> through the straw. That, that's not the point. 
The point of a fast is to detox your body, your mind, and your soul, really just to purify yourself to make room for more of God. So you'll notice the menu is water in all natural you know, juices, which does not include alcohol, soda, coffee, Gatorade. What we're doing here is sacrificing some of the regular things that we intake to replace it with Bible reading, with prayer, and with worship. And the goal here is to kind of kick out the crutches. In other words, the things that we lean on every day, like caffeine, and work up a greater dependency on God's spirit. Now, I realize that just offended some of you because you practice another religion. Uh, some of you uh, go worship every morning at the shrine of St. Arbucks. I have seen you there. That's holy grounds for you. Uh, you, you. You tithe to them. You receive communion every morning there. But for three days this spring, Starbucks can suck it. Turn to your neighbor and say, suck it, Starbucks. Go ahead. Oh, now we're getting serious. Right. Now, why, why are we doing a three-day fast? Okay, why not 10? Why not 21? Or as my wife has, she was actually just like, why not just you know, lunch after I've had my morning coffee? Uh, it's a great question. And, and the truth is this. This is what I want to show you. There's something powerful in Scripture about the number three. I mean, when you, when you think about it, it's not mystical or anything, but when you think about leading up to Easter, right? Jesus was buried on Good Friday. He's in the ground for three days before God's spirit revives and raises him back to life on Easter Sunday. But also, in the book of Esther, a three-day fast was pivotal in seeing God deliver his people in a miraculous way. I want to show you this. So open your soul food. Open it up to the book of Esther. We're going to look at chapter 4. This demonstrates the power of a three-day fast. I want to give you a little background about Esther as you find it. She was a Jewish woman who became queen under King Xerxes in 479 BC. And this story is really one of kind of palace intrigue because there's a guy named Haman who was second in command to the king and Haman hated the Jews. And what he did is he tricked the Persian king into giving a command to annihilate the Jewish people. He condemned the Jews to death. And there's kind of a crazy modern parallel here. Esther takes place in ancient Persia. Do you know where that is today? Modern day Iran which at this moment is making headlines for its pursuit of nuclear weapons. Iran is led by a maniacal dictator, Mahmoud Ahmadinejad, who has vowed to wipe Israel off the map. So understand that times may change, okay? But that ancient hostility towards the nation of Israel continues to this day. He is in many ways a modern-day Haman. But when Esther learns about this command, this plot, to annihilate the Jewish people, she risked her life to go in and persuade the king to spare them. But before she goes in to seek the king's favor, she told the people, look at this, verse 16, Esther 4. She said, let's read it together. Fast for me. Do not eat or drink for what? Three days, night or day. I and my maids will fast as you do. And, and this is truly a remarkable story. You can read this this week if you're interested. It's a fairly short book. But in a miraculous turn of events, Haman's evil plot is exposed. And not only are the Jewish people saved, he is hung on the gallows he prepared for God's people. In other words, Esther summons the people to fast and pray for three days before she goes to see the king. And as a result, the king shows favor and the entire nation of Israel is saved. In other words, Esther's a salvation story for the people she loved. And so part of my question to you is this. Would you be willing to fast for three days for someone you love. 
Would you be willing to fast for three days for the salvation or deliverance or God's power unleashed in the life of someone that you love and care about? Maybe there is someone in your family who's in a crisis, okay? Is one of your kids in trouble? Do, do, do your parents have a, a health issue or diagnosis? The Esther fast is a three-day fast in a time of crisis. The word fast here in Esther is, is fascinating. It literally means to cover your mouth. And you're like, well, that makes sense. You're covering your mouth so that you don't eat food. No, it's got two meanings in the Hebrew culture. It means there's a situation in your life that literally made you go, <gasps> you have to cover your mouth. Because something happened to somebody who you care about. Something happened to, to someone in your life, and you go, no, God, don't let it be. Maybe it's your uncle or cousin or relative or somebody at work. Is your home underwater or you're in a financial crisis? God's word is very clear that when trouble or a time of crisis comes, God's children aren't supposed to just fall to pieces. Or, oh, no, wring our hands. Oh, what would happen? We're supposed to cover our mouth. This is the moment to actually lean into God through fasting and prayer. Esther saw the trouble coming on her loved ones, and she said to the enemy, you think you're bringing trouble on them? Well, guess what? You meant this crisis for evil, but my God is going to turn it around for my good, and this crisis is going to become a blessing. That was the result of her fast. After the Jews were, were saved, Scripture records this. It says, Wherever the edict of the king went, there was joy and gladness among the Jews with what? With feasting and celebration. Her fast turns into a feast. A moment of denial turns into a party because they saw God's power to save. Amen? He turns our fasting into feasting. So I want you to think about this. Is there a situation in your life right now that has you doing a little bit of this? Maybe it has you worried. It has you scared or intimidated. Because God says through Esther, he says, just wait till you see what happens when I release my power on behalf of those who earnestly seek me. See, there's something about fasting, about covering our mouth, that I really believe releases the supernatural favor and blessing of God. It's, it's, it's not about manipulating God. Listen to me. It's about humbling ourselves and declaring our dependency on our Father to provide for our needs in a time of trouble. Clint and Melissa Carter are one couple in our church who understand the power of seeking God's intervention in a difficult situation. Clint and Melissa attend our New Brunswick campus. What up, New Brunswick? Um, and they're an incredible couple. Um, for years, they actually had a dream of having a family together, but they ran into a roadblock with fertility issues. And some of you know how heart-wrenching that can be. When you, when, you, when, you're, when you desire something with all of your heart, but it just doesn't happen. And last spring, when it came time for the Daniel fast, Clint and Melissa were like, we're, we're, we're hopping on board. We've been praying, but we've never fasted. And I remember talking with Clint about this a little bit, and he's like, it's kind of crazy because you, you guys know, like in high school, they're, they're always like, you know, they always tell like the, the, the high school students, like, don't mess around, you know. You, you can get pregnant at any time. You know, you just look at a girl, she's going to turn pregnant. It's like we hype it up to that. And then some couples get married, and then it's like we just thought that would just naturally happen, and it didn't happen. You know what? It's heartbreaking. It, it, it rocked their faith a, a bit and caused some doubt, a covering of the mouth situation. They've been trying for some time. And so they jumped on board with the fast last spring, and it was 21 days. And it was on day 28 when Clint emailed me. I think we actually have a picture from his excerpt. One week after the fast ended, Pastor Tim, Melissa got pregnant. What a blessing, and it happened in God's perfect timing. This is a picture of their 10-week-old son, Matthew. He's 10 weeks old. 
today. This is the fruit of their fast from just over a year ago. That's powerful. Some of you may say, that's coincidental. (laughs) But would you rather stand before God believing too much or too little? God says, when you earnestly seek my face, seek my kingdom, all these things, what, will be added to you as well. Clint and Melissa were fasting for breakthrough. They're like, we have tried all sorts of different methods and man-made options. And God, we need you to move mightily on our behalf. We're pushing into you. I remember going out for lunch with them, and we were just praying together about this. And it was so funny because we went to this nice restaurant, and we all had to order these wimpy salads with wilted lettuce, and they didn't even have good dressing, and it was like a little bit of vinegar on it. It was like, oh, I love you, God. (laughs) Sucked. (laughs) But it was powerful. Now, just listen to me very incredible, because this is a, that, that's a miracle in our midst. That happens all over the place at our church. If you're new, you've got to understand this. You're not part of a dead church. You're part of a church that's alive and that's growing and seeking more of God's spirit. But here's the deal. I want you to hear this. I am not promising you everything that you will ask God about will come to pass. In fact, hear me, I guarantee it won't. Because fasting is not about manipulating God. It's not about you earning God's favor or his blessing or his answers. Only the blood of Jesus, okay? And the grace of Christ earns our favored standing with God. It's it's about Jesus. It's his blood. That's how we can come to our Father with our requests. So fasting is not about changing God's mind. It's about changing your heart. It's tearing up rocky ground where maybe it's a little hardened or striving in its own efforts. Fasting is like preparing your heart with the humility and attitude of surrender that says, like Jesus, you know what? Here's what I want, Father, but not my will. Yours be done. Fasting is humbling yourself before God in a moment of need and then humbly presenting your request and saying to God, you know what, God? I'm, I'm serious about this. I want to understand your will in this situation, and we need your help. So I'm breaking out of the routine, out of the mundane. I'm denying my flesh. I'm detoxing from the noise around me, and I'm coming hard after you for a season. I won't let you go till you answer. And then we trust the Father for that answer. Esther is our model for this fast. Together as one church, we're going to fast for three days and then go to the king with our request. Amen? We're going to go to him, and we're going to seek his favor in whatever situation you're facing this spring. In your program, you can pull out a commitment card. looks like this. Take a look at that. And you'll notice on here, this is a chance for you to kind of step up and really lean into God in a new way. We're going to collect these today after I'm done talking in a few minutes. And uh, if you're all in, all you have to do is say, you know what? Count me in for the three-day fast. Share, uh, you know, your name, your email. And then you notice it says, what I'm fasting for. Well, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to email you a daily devotional for the three weeks leading up to Easter. Myself and the pastors are getting together. We're going to write an all-church devotional for 21 days. And this is powerful. Because when you know you're seeking God alongside other brothers and sisters, there's something powerful that happens when God's people humble themselves together. And you'll see the box that says, I'm asking God to. What I want you to do is, with your pen, I want you to write down your specific request of what you're asking the king to do. Esther came to the king with a pretty big request. Spare the entire nation. And it moved the king's heart. 
like Esther, there are all sorts of things for you to fast for. Maybe you are fasting like Esther for the salvation of someone you love. There's someone in your life whose heart is closed to God. They don't know Christ, and you're going to fast on their behalf. Maybe you're going to fast for a sick family member or a friend. You know somebody with kind of a chronic illness, and you're seeking God's healing touch in their life. They've been to a lot of doctors, but you're, you're making a call here. Great physician. <laughs> Maybe you need fresh direction for a job situation. Maybe it's you. Maybe you are facing a crossroads, and you're like, I could go this way, or we could go that way. I need your discernment, God. I don't know. I need your direction. I need your wisdom. I mean, maybe you need wisdom in a relationship. Is this person marriage material, or should, should I bow out of this? Maybe you need discernment in a critical decision. You're thinking about moving or traveling, job plans, whatever. There are all sorts of reasons to fast, and people in this church, if you're new, need to know this. They do private fasts all the time, and that's where you determine the length. But for a public fast, we're calling that, making that public, and we're setting aside three days, three Wednesdays leading up to Easter, following the pattern of Esther. We'll do that on the 21st and the 28th of March, and then April 4th. And here's the deal. If you've never done a fast before, this is actually a pretty accessible one to to start with. Some of you are disappointed because you're like, man, I want to do it for 21 days. Uh, And that's great. You do that for, see how you... (laughs) See how you like sucking it for 21 days. Just try one day, okay? So we'll start Wednesdays. Um, I can tell you this from experience, candidly. It's, it's quite refreshing because I just completed a three-day liquid fast this week in anticipation of Sunday. And candidly, I was fasting for you guys. That's, that's kind of the way we approach leadership at Liquid. I never ask you to do something we're not willing to do ourselves. And so this past Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, I said, suck it, Starbucks. And I drank water. Uh, natural uh, juices for 72 hours straight. And the entire time, candidly, I'll just be honest, um, I was praying for you guys. That's what I was praying about for three days, for many of you. That you would not settle for, I guess this is as good as it gets. That God would just send his spirit and revive your spirit and then catch fire through this place. And you would experience the intimacy and power of God as you have never had that before this spring. Now, since I just finished this fast, I want to tell you a few things about it. The first is this. It won't kill you, okay? Yes, it is inconvenient. If, you were, if you're a caffeine junkie like me, okay, you will get a headache. I am five days off of coffee, okay? The headaches are because your body is detoxing. Your flesh does not like being deprived, but it's not the point. You're saying no to your flesh for a season so that your spirit man can be purified, cleansed, and filled by the Lord in a new way. I believe there's something about empty vessels that God can't resist filling. So you're going to need to prepare. You're going to drink plenty of water, 100% vegetable juice, and you're going to become friends with V8. Okay, I just want to acknowledge this. The idea here is to go natural. So I want you to be aware of, you know, a lot of the juice in the supermarket aisle because a lot of them are, they're not 100% natural. Like five alive, okay, it's like basically we're going to pour in a gallon of sugar, maybe a little bit of fruit, a strawberry in there. A lot of this stuff is packed with additives and preservatives. If you have a juicer, that's great. We got one at the office last week. We're experimenting with it. But along with the daily devotional, we're going to send you a juice recipe every day along with some fasting tips. Uh, This week I visited Jungle Juice in Morristown, and I I, I rocked a pineapple mango smoothie, whatever it was. It was delicious. We were experimenting at the office, and it was so funny because Karen came in. She goes, try this. And I looked at it, and I was just like, this this doesn't look right. (laughs) I was like, the color of this is, that doesn't look right. And, uh, and she goes, no, try it. It's orange and carrot. And I was like, oh. She goes, and cauliflower. I'm like, what? 
You know, it's kind of, it sounds yucky, but it was fantastic. It was, and it's really good for you because it's like this instant injection of minerals and enzymes and vitamins, all that, that your body quickly uses. So number one, this, a liquid fast won't kill you. I am living proof. We do mention in your program, if you are diabetic, if you're, you know, nursing or a pregnant mom or something, obviously liquid fasts are not for you. We don't recommend fasting for children. If you have health concerns, you talk to your doctor. But you'll survive it. And number two, you're going to feel it. At first, the headaches are a little bit tough. Um, it's annoying to go to the bathroom that many times a day. <laughs> and you will be tempted. And you will be tempted. Understand this. I was actually walking through the, uh, the, the, the staff lunchroom with my little cup of V8 on Wednesday. And out on the lunch table was this box of Thin Mints. Just take a look at this thing. And someone, some genius put a yellow post-it on it with the words, eat me. <laughs> and I'm standing there with my V8, looking at the Thin Mints, drinking my V8. <laughs> and I was like, get behind me, Satan. You know, it's kind of like this. And then I hear Pastor Tom cackling in the distance. You know, it was, it was awkward. You're going to be tempted, but you'll survive. Already some of you, I get it right now. You're saying right now, you're like, oh, this is a bad idea. For the rest of you, that's fine. I'm not, no, 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 no. I got a dinner party. I got a birthday on the 28th. No, no, no. I, I, could, I could never go without a cigarette. By the way, that's a great thing to fast for. If you are struggling with an addiction, that's what you fast for. You fast for freedom in Christ, liberation. Because the reason you try and try again and again and again is because you're fighting in your flesh, but you haven't fought in God's spirit yet. So we're going to pray for the breaking of addictions in Jesus' name, in caffeine, of nicotine, of junk food, painkillers, prescription meds, whatever it is. Fasting is a way of telling your flesh who's boss. It's my spirit. Not my stomach, my spirit. It's denying your physical appetites for a season in order to have your spirit renewed. Your inner man strengthened and raised up. And that willpower will spill over into other areas of your life. Personally, I was fasting for three things. Um, each day I was fasting for a different thing. The first day um, was for personal renewal. I was just asking God. I was like, Lord, I'm, I want to be the leader you want me to be. I want to be the, the, a great pastor to the people in this great church. And I was like, would you just sharpen my spiritual edge? Because over the, the spring I felt a little bit dull. You, ever, you know where your prayers start getting like kind of sporadic and kind of like surfacy and that kind of stuff? I, I have that all the time. And I, I, was just, I, was, I had to repent of my self-sufficiency. That's my biggest ongoing sin. I... I I say, I can't live without you, God, but then I live as if I can. <laughs> you know, I'm like, no, I can rely on my, you know, strength or intelligence or this or that and, and not really seek God first and, and say, God, if I don't have you, this day doesn't even count. I'm like, Lord, I, I need to repent of that. Give me personal renewal. That was the first day. Second day, I was, I was praying specifically for you, for this church, that God would revive us. Not that there's anything wrong. As I said, you're part of a growing, vibrant community of believers, but I know what some of you are struggling with in your walk. I know that because we talk together. You're, maybe your fire has kind of grown cold. Or you volunteer whatever, but, but you're like, I'm doing a lot of things for Jesus, but I'm not spending much time with Jesus, okay? You don't feel the passion. Maybe it's been time for you. I am praying that God would just revive you and get a hold of you as his child, as a son or daughter. Now, there'd be revival in your life and your family this, this spring. And the third thing, I've been praying for a family situation, uh, candidly, that I, I may share it later in the series, uh, but I have to tell you, I was shocked because um, we have a situation in our family. I'm not get, again, I don't want to get into details. Ignore that. We have a situation in, your fa- in our family that I'm not sure what we're supposed to do. And I was, I was like, God, I just kind of need to know. And it, 
within the first 20, I've never had this happen before, within the first 24 hours, God gave me very specific direction out of his word about this crisis we're facing. And at the end of day one, I was journaling it. I'm writing this down. And it was one of those moments where I had to lift the pen from the paper and my eyes got a little bit white because it was like God was speaking directly to me. You know why that is? It's because fasting quickens your spirit. You, you actually become sensitized to hearing God's voice because your, your spirit is uncluttered. When you fast, you're feasting on God's word and that's exactly where it came into, out of. I, I tore back into some soul food, not just for sermon preparation, but for me. I said, Father, I don't know what, I don't even know what to pray for here, and I, 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 I need to hear from you. And God answered me big time, very clearly, very directly, unmistakably. This doesn't always happen in my life, I'll be honest. I was kind of shocked, because I don't, exp- I, I think I believe too little at times, that God really wants to speak to you. But that clear word from God alone, it was worth the entire fast, even if nothing else happened. So I hope you will join me because I'm being bold with, with, with this and I'm asking God that he would actually stir up 2,000 people to join me on this three-day liquid fast so we can experience revival together. That's what I'm fasting for. So if you're in, would you just check that box on the front, fill out your name, give me your email. I'm going to send a devotional to you in the 21 days leading up to Easter. Tell me who you're fasting with. It's important that you partner. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's other people in your family. Maybe it's your life group. I'm going to mention this to our life group that meets on Tuesday. I'm going to say, hey, guys, let's fast together. All right, we can kind of encourage one another. Um, Right down there, you you need to do this together, not just alone. And here's the fun part. This is a new year. If you have folks, uh, you know, if you're online, join us. Go to liquidchurch.com. You can sign up there. If you have friends or family who don't attend our church, but they're like, you know what, they'd love to be part of the fast. Send them to liquidchurch.com. They can sign up. And here's the fun part because we haven't done this before. But if you look on the back of your program today, we're doing something we've never done. It says fasting without prayer is simply dieting. That's true. Okay, don't do this to lose weight or fit your skinny jeans. You will lose weight. Just say praise God a minute. Praise God. (laughs) But it's not the goal. The whole point of fasting from food is to feasting on praise, and prayer. And this is a first for a church. On the day of each fast, the 21st, the 28th, and April 4th, we are going to host public prayer and praise gatherings at every single liquid campus at 7.30 at night. We're going to be meeting in a smaller venue at your campus. It's going to be very casual, but we're going to have some acoustic worship. We're going to have time to actually just pray together, to seek God together, to pray for our country to pray for our church and really crying out to God and asking him to renew his presence in our lives. So that's 7.30 p.m. on three consecutive Wednesdays leading up to Easter. We all fast together during the day and then we break the fast that night with prayer and worship. And surprise, we may even make smoothies. Just saying, okay? We're gonna, we want to bless you. I am really looking forward to what, uh, to what God stirs up. I am excited um, as we fast and pray and worship together. Um, I believe God moves his people. He builds his church through prayer and fasting because he needs to get the credit. So I want to ask you this. Make it personal. What could be different? What could be different if you dedicated yourself between now and Easter to fast, pray, and seek God's renewal in your life? Could he be trusted to revive your soul and spark revival 
in areas of your life that need his touch. Maybe you need something restored that has been lost or taken from you. Maybe it's a dream that you gave up on. And you need God just to breathe new life into a situation that desperately needs his intervention. I want to leave you with this verse. We printed it there on your program. It comes from Hosea 6. This is left over from our last series. After Israel had spent years in the desert wandering from God, they found themselves hungry for revival. And here's what they prayed. Come, let us return to the Lord. After what? After two days, he will what? Revive us. And on the third day, he will restore us that we may live in his presence. Three days to revival, restoration. And it begins here in just a few days. Who's with me? Wave your straw if you're with me. Go ahead. Hold up your straw. Wave it with me. Don't shoot a spitball. I want to pray right now and commit our fast to the Lord. Let's do it together. All our campuses, would you bow your heads? Father God, we're holding the straw in our hands. And it's a signal of our intention to draw life from you. Father, we don't have enough in us to sustain us. We need daily bread, Father. I pray right now for people, men and women, Lord, who feel hungry. They've been malnourished in your word. Father, right now, over the next 21 days, would you begin speaking your word in a personal way to them? Father, for men and women who are seeking breakthrough, we ask that you would unleash your spirit and we would glorify Jesus because of what you're going to do. Father, we thank you for Clint and Melissa Carter. Father, they had tried everything, and you honored their fast. You honored the way that your son and daughter sought you, and we thank you for the life of baby Matthew. He is living proof of your power to bring new life wherever it's needed. So I ask Jesus right now that you'd receive the glory. I ask that right now you'd begin stirring your spirit in this church. Give us a spirit of conviction, and let us move boldly in the direction you're leading us. In Jesus' name, all God's people said together, Amen. Thanks for listening to Liquid Church Media. If you were inspired or challenged by today's message, we hope you'll tell a friend. For more content, log on to liquidchurch.com or visit one of our campuses in the New Jersey metro area. Liquidchurch.com, where truth is relevant and grace wins.